welcome again. It's so good to see you. Um, if this is your first time here, it's my first time here too. <laughs> it's all of our first time here. Um, and we're really glad that you're here. Um, you know, when, uh, when Bonnie and I first started praying about starting a church, the Lord gave us this passage from uh, the Bible that says, You are the light of the world, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. And we've just felt the Lord calling us to be a, a, a light and to, to see Jesus' light shine into the darkness. Because there is just this reality of light and of darkness. And when we realized uh, about a year and a half ago that God was calling us to Aurora, we were like, well, that fits. It's the city of lights. So we thought, well, we, we need to get to, to know this city a little bit. So we were going to do some research. And we're going to research what does it mean that Aurora is the city of lights. But first, we had to do a more important research project, which was watch Wayne's World. <laughs> because Wayne's World was set in Aurora. And we thought this would be a very important uh, bit of research. And we, we learned a couple things from Wayne's World. We learned um, that uh, at that point, the city of Aurora had had the same logo for a long time. But they've just, they've just updated it, which is fun. Um, and then we also learned that uh, some movies just stand the test of time. You know, there's, uh, there's uh, Gone with the Wind, uh, It's a Wonderful Life. You know, these are just these classic movies. And Wayne's World is not one of those movies. <laughs> It has not aged well. <laughs> um, uh, I guess he's a Wayne's World 2, so maybe after the service we can get that going and see if that did better than the first one. Um, would, would you turn with me in uh, your Bibles uh, to that first chapter of the Gospel of John? Um, incidentally, uh, Aurora was uh, named the City of Light because in 1881 it was one of the first cities in the country to put an electric street lamp. So that's, that's why. But speaking of light, that's my segue. Um, speaking of light, uh, our passages today are, are both about light. So Genesis, the very first words that we have recorded that the Lord speaks, he says, let there be light. Um, let there be light. And then here in John, when John, who's a friend and disciple and follower of Jesus, when he starts to write Jesus' story, he goes back to that in the beginning, and he starts the same way, in the beginning. And there's another beginning that's happening in Jesus. And John says, back when God said, let there be light, that first word, that word of light is Jesus. Jesus is that word of light that is spoken in the beginning, that was spoken when he came to this world, and that is spoken today. God says, let there be light through Jesus. And what does it mean that Jesus is, in, is the light? In verse 4, John tells us, in him was life. And that life was the life of all people, of all mankind. So Jesus, his light brings life. What kind of life? What does that life look like? Well, it's the life that we were made for back in Genesis. God makes Light and land and sea and birds of the air and fish of the sea and plants and land animals. And then he makes man and woman. And he makes them in his image so that they could share in his life. So that they could be in relationship with him and walk in God's light, in his love. They wouldn't have to be ashamed of the darkness 
Uh, they, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't have to be afraid of it. They could be completely in the life of God and in the love of God. That's what it means that Jesus came to shine a light in the darkness. And sometimes it feels like the darkness can be so great. But what does John say? He says, when God speaks into the darkness, the darkness has not overcome. The darkness cannot overcome the light of Jesus. When God speaks that word, let there be light, there is light. So I'm going to look uh, tonight at just three simple things. Three ways that we can feel like we're covered with darkness. And then three ways that Jesus' light overcomes that darkness. So first way, first way that we are covered in darkness. There is darkness in ourselves. After, after God said, let there be light, there was, um, there was a darkness that entered in. And it's the darkness of, of all those things that we have done that we are not proud of. Uh, our darkest moments, those moments that we don't want to come out into the light. The ways we know that we haven't been who we want to be. There is a darkness in us. This first chapter of John says it this way in verse 7 and 8. It says, Jesus, um, sorry, verses um, 10 and 11. It says, Jesus, the one who made the world, the one through whom the world was made. He came to the world he made, and that world did not recognize him. That we rejected him. That we said, yes, we know you made the world, and we know that you made life itself, but we are going to do life on our own. We're going to follow our own way, our own light. I, I was... Uh, in a room uh, of our house this week, and the kids were walking by the hallway. Um, kids are always great for illustrations on sin. Um, it just works really well. And they're not like too intense, you know, they're kind of funny, so it works out. Um, so all I hear is, and then crying. And my daughter, uh, who's six, uh, crying. And I walk out, and my son is four and a half. It's obvious, like he has, he has given her a slap. And I said, Finn, like, what happened? And he goes, there was a mosquito on her face? <laughs> I mean, maybe, but no, like, there was not a mosquito on her face. Like, really? No, I mean, what, what, what probably happened, and I, I, to the best of my knowledge, what happened is, is they got frustrated playing with one another, and Finn felt like sister wasn't being fair, and she felt like he wasn't being fair, and then his emotions got the better of him. He didn't know how to handle them. And then he struck out to try to regain some power in the relationship. And the outside action of that in that situation was very childish. But aren't those internal motivations really relatable? <laughs> that we can feel like something's been done against us or we can feel like something isn't fair or we can feel frustrated and we don't know how to handle it. We just know we want to try to get on top of the situation and then we strike out trying to put ourselves in a place that we need to be ahead of somebody else. There is darkness in us. I know there's darkness in me. And I think if we're honest with ourselves, we know that that is the truth. There's also darkness, not just in ourselves, but also in our society. Um, there's, there's a myth that what we do on our own doesn't affect other people. But we're all created for a relationship. 
And our culture, our society, is just the web and network of those relationships. They're how we create uh, interactions with one another. And, and when we have darkness in ourselves, those structures of relationship that we set up in our society, they have darkness in them. Broken people make broken policy. It's just how it is. And we see this in scripture as well, where the Bible will address an entire culture and say, this is the sin of that culture. One example of this that's kind of an overt one is a book called Amos, where a preacher named Amos, he just goes down a list. It's like a list of the, the geographical locations nearby. And he'll say, uh, Amos chapter 1, verse 3, he'll say, this is the sin of Damascus, the city. And then in verse 7, this is the sin of Gaza, the city and region. And then verse 9, Tyre and Edom in 11. And he just goes down because we as cultures, we have sins. We have these sinful institutions that, that become part of who we are. And maybe you're thinking in your head right now, like, oh, I know what the sin of this nation is, or this another sin or another sin. So we have sin in ourselves, but we also have sin in our society. Number three, the third way that darkness can cover us is there is a darkness of a spiritual enemy. Uh, Ephesians 6, 12 says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, authorities, powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. It's saying that there's a spiritual reality to this darkness. That yes, we have darkness in ourselves, but there's a spiritual enemy who's trying to make more darkness in ourselves. Yes, there's darkness in our society, there's a spiritual enemy who's trying to propagate and make more darkness in our society. See, the darkness isn't just the absence of light, but it's the presence of an enemy. There's darkness in ourselves, in our society. There's the darkness of a spiritual enemy. And I think sometimes we can lose sight of one of those and then try to focus on another one. With the darkness of a spiritual enemy, it seems like people either don't want to talk about it at all or that's all they want to talk about. We want to, we want to fix uh, ills of our society and sometimes we don't address the ills of ourselves or vice versa. But when we can take all three of these together, we can see how the light of Jesus can overcome all that darkness. <laughs> So here's three ways that that happens. Jesus overcomes the darkness in ourselves by taking it upon himself. Jesus overcomes the darkness in ourselves by taking it upon himself. The book of Romans in the Bible says that God shows his love to us in this. While we were still sinners, while we still had darkness in us, Christ died for us. And it's on the cross in his death that Jesus takes all that sin, all of our um, darkest moments, all of the sin of our society, all of, all of the sin of ourself, and he takes it upon himself. And the Bible says when that happens, the sky turns black. And, and Jesus dies and he gives his life on the cross, but he doesn't stay dead. He comes back to life. And in that light of his rising again in the resurrection, he defeats the sin in ourself. He defeats the sin in our society. He defeats the sin of the, uh, he defeats the spiritual enemy. In the cross, he, he takes all of those things that we have done and he says, they don't have to have power over you anymore because in the cross, I have more power in my light than you have in your darkness. 
And when he does it, he can forgive us and bring us back into, call us back into the light of God. But not only does he forgive us, he brings healing. He brings healing to all the ways that our darkness has hurt us. Jesus can overcome the darkness in ourselves by taking it upon himself. Jesus overcomes the darkness in our society by creating a new society. He creates a new network of relationships and meaning. He creates a society that he calls the kingdom of heaven. It's the church. It's the church living out the ways, the, the cross and resurrection of Jesus now. So in a society that has history of sin and failures and darkness, that the light of Jesus can come into a community of people and live out a new reality. Live out not a, not a system of oppression, but a system of justice. Not a system of violence perpetuated, but a, a system where, where weapons are laid down and there is peace. Not, not a society of pain and brokenness, but a society of healing and relationship. This is why we pray the Lord's Prayer, your will be done, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Heaven isn't just that pie in the sky thing we hope for one day. By the resurrection, we do have the hope of heaven Eternally, but we also have the hope of heaven now. And heaven is, is when the Holy Spirit comes into his church and brings the life that we will live in heaven in the future. He brings it here today. The new society of the kingdom of heaven here and now. And that is why we're starting a new church. Because we need more of these communities of heaven. More of these new societies of Jesus. And we are so excited. We are so excited that in Aurora, there's churches that are doing this and that are bringing the light of Jesus to this community. And they're living in radical ways that show a new resurrection light way of living. And we are so excited to join with them and be a part of that in this community. Because our societies, our cultures, our cities need new cities. They need cities of light, not of darkness. So Jesus overcomes the darkness in our society by creating a new society, the kingdom of heaven, the church. Finally, the third way that Jesus' light overcomes the darkness. Jesus overcomes the darkness of a spiritual enemy by his spirit. He overcomes the darkness of the enemy that's out there the spiritual enemy out there by putting his Holy Spirit in here, in each of us who follow him, and in the church. John, writing in one of his letters, one of his later writings, he said, he's saying to a church, you are of God, little children, and you have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. The resurrection of Jesus gives us his Holy Spirit and that same power that raised Jesus from the dead is alive in his church and is alive in us. The power of the resurrection life here, now, it's greater than the spiritual enemy. Even if our bodies are destroyed, the power of the Holy Spirit ministering the resurrection of Jesus 
will raise us to life again. Whether we are here with Christ or there with Christ, we are with Christ. And the spiritual enemy can do nothing to change that. Jesus overcomes darkness in ourselves by taking it upon himself. He overcomes darkness in our society by creating a new society. He overcomes the darkness of a spiritual enemy by his Holy Spirit and his resurrection. I want to give you an example of this. Um, in the, the, unfortunately, there's lots of examples of darkness, aren't there? Um, and so I want to talk a little bit about the shootings that happened in Charleston a week and a half ago. And I went back and forth on whether or not to talk about it because it's such a tragedy um, and it's very emotional for many people. Um, but I just, I just felt like the Lord wanted us to talk about it and, and wanted us to talk about it because while it is a story of incredible, profound darkness in all three of these ways, it's an even deeper story of light and of the resurrection of Jesus overcoming darkness. In, in Charleston, um, in the, the nine murders that were committed there, we see a young man um, with lots of anger in his heart and lots of darkness in his heart. Um, and he walks into a church and he commits a terrible, a terrible crime. And the only thing... And, and you, you, get lots of, um, you get lots of folks in the media saying uh, it's one crazy, deranged person. And that is, that is true. There's a lot of darkness in his heart. The Bible says that when you... Harbor hatred in your heart, it's like you've already committed murder. And he just let that boil over and then he actually did it. Like, that's true. Um, but we live in a society that has perpetuated a, a darkness of racism. And we live in a society that has um, the structures of, of hundreds of years of inequality, racism, segregation. And we live in the shadows of those. We live in those shadows and they affect our society. And you better believe that there's a spiritual enemy who wants to feed the hatred in our hearts. He wants to feed the hatred in our society. And is it any wonder that now, a week and a half later, the media coverage of this event is even more confused than it was initially. And there's just like a fog of confusion on our country. And you wonder, like, is anything actually going to change? Well, that's the spiritual enemy. He doesn't want it to change. But in the midst of that profound darkness, when you look at someone's heart so full of hate, you realize that Jesus has taken all of those murders onto himself. Jesus has taken all of that hate into himself on the cross. And as powerful as that hate is, Jesus' forgiveness is more powerful. There is nothing, no darkness ever done that he can't forgive because his light has defeated it. It's more powerful than it. Maybe you think there's something that you've done in your life that is too great, too big. Jesus turned to the man who's being crucified next to him on the cross. And he said, you've committed crimes that warrant execution in this culture. And Jesus said, if you'll believe, I can forgive them. My forgiveness is greater than that darkness. And then this beautiful church in Charleston that is uh, 
many, many years living into what it means to be a city of light and society of heaven, that, that they can show up at the bond hearing and offer the kind of forgiveness that they offered. And they didn't uh, sugarcoat what happened. They actually stared into the darkness of grief that they'll be staring into for the rest of their lives. But they knew that they're part of a new society and that Jesus' power is greater they weren't minimizing it or excusing the actions. No, they were testifying that the power of the darkness is not as great as the power of the light. And those nine saints who lost their lives, the Bible tells us that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And the enemy has tried to take their lives, but by the power of the resurrection, they are with the Lord now and they are alive again. And they give us a gift of seeing what it means to see Christ's healing light in us and in our churches. To be absent from us in bodies brutally broken is to be present with Christ in bodies beautifully remade. Whether alive here with Christ or alive again there in heaven with Christ, nothing can separate us from the light of Christ. Light of Christ overcomes the darkness. First John tells us that people did not receive him, but in verse 12, to all who did receive Jesus, the light and the life, he gave them the right to become children of God. Later on it says, the Word, Jesus, became flesh, became a person, and lived among us. We have seen His glory, His light. Jesus is calling us into His light tonight. He's calling us into His light. He's calling us to believe that the light of Jesus is greater than the darkness. It could be that that's a new message that you haven't heard today. It could be that you've never understood that, that there is actually light that can defeat the darkness in There is no darkness that we have done that is greater than the light that Jesus can, can forgive us through. Maybe you've been away from the church. Maybe you haven't been walking in the light. Maybe you haven't been a part of that new community. Maybe you just drifted away. Maybe you decided to walk away. Jesus calls you tonight into the light. More deeply into his life and into his community. And you can confess that darkness in you and Jesus will forgive it. And then he'll start to heal it. May it be that as you hear about the power of the light of Jesus, you just are filled with a burden, a passion. A passion to, to know more of it in your own heart. And, and to see other people know more of it. A passion to not only come into the light, but to be a light. If that's you, I want to pray for you. Because the Holy Spirit wants to fill you with His light. So you can show that light to others. Let's pray. Bonnie, if you just want to come up and, and play while we pray. Dear Lord, it is hard to stare into the darkness of our own hearts, of our world. 
we can do so believing that your light scatters the darkness. That your light is more powerful than the darkness. That your forgiveness is greater than our sin. That though we are more sinful than we'd ever dare to believe, that you are more forgiving than we can imagine. And so, Lord, we just offer ourselves to you. For the first time, or for the first time in a long time, we offer our hearts to you. Lord, would you fill us with your light? Would you fill us with your Holy Spirit? Lord, we pray for those here who um, haven't felt your life or light lately. Would you just fill them with a new um, freshness, a new filling of that light? We pray that you would cast out despair, hopelessness. Um, I could never be better or do better. here who are following you, that you would just fill them with your passion, with your love for those um, who have not experienced your light, that you would fill them now with your Holy Spirit and all the gifts of the Holy Spirit, that they might love um, their neighbors, that we might love one another, that we might be a city of light where the, the way of heaven is practiced and lived. Come, Lord Jesus. We pray all with the faith that you will say again and again and again, let there be light in every dark place until every corner of our communities and every corner of our hearts is filled with the light of Jesus, till every shadow is scattered by your goodness and love. We pray all of this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.